What's up? Welcome to episode 90 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me today is another very special guest who I'll introduce shortly. So just before we introduce the special guest, just a reminder where to find us. Um, of course, we're on YouTube. Please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. And if you listen to the audio podcast, um, it's available where all good podcasts are found. So, all right. So, you know, it's the, the month of the special guests on Throwback Hoops. So it's my absolute pleasure today to welcome a very special guest host, Nath from the Sport Blokes. Thanks so much for joining us again, Nath, and uh, filling in for Woody. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Robbie. It's an absolute honour to not only keep Woody's seat warm, but to do so following in the footsteps of Jacinta, who did a fantastic job last week as well. She did do a great job. Thanks for the shout-out that she gave Shuey and I last week for our podcast. And I've got to say, your shout-out was one of the best I've ever heard, Robbie. I don't think I remember (laughs) anyone ever shouting out a butter chicken before. Uh, but it was bloody good. So. It was a good butter chicken, wasn't it? <laughs> a shout out to Woody's mum. <laughs> exactly. She made hey, we, yeah, yeah. we might as well start there before we get into the, the Jersey sort of side of things. Obviously, you, um, you and your, your co-host, um, Stu, were up here. Um, shout out to the sport blokes. You know, we've become really close with you guys over the last few years. But how was your time in um, in Sydney? And how was the, the party of the century, which was Woody's 40th? Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Unfortunately, we got there a little bit later than we would have liked because of some Uber issues cancelling on us. And so we missed when he referred to us in his speech, which was a bit sad. But other than that, a fantastic night. Had a great chat with you, great chat with Woody and and lots of his mates. Mookie, Nick, Jimmy, in addition to Jacinta. So many great people and fantastic night. Really well planned. The food was magnificent, as you say. Mm. And uh, yeah, Sydney, great city. Great to be there. I saw Kudos Bank Arena. not in a sporting sense. I went to a ghost concert uh, on the same trip with my brother, which was great fun too. But uh, nice. yeah, fantastic, fantastic trip. Great to see your place too, Robbie. What a museum it is. So <laughs> I was about to say, you went to the memorabilia house. So it's, it's the real deal, isn't it? This jersey collection I talk about, the bobbleheads, the, all the other things like that. So yeah, I've got a pretty, um, a pretty kind wife, I think, that lets me keep that collection in the house. I think she's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. Well, look, mate, in honour of you and you being a big Spurs fan, I can see we've got a few Spurs jerseys that we're rocking today. So why don't you um, take it away and tell us um, what jersey you're wearing today? Do you want me to jump up? and? Uh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, so sounds you know, good. Describe it while I, while sounds I good. jump up. So Nathan's standing up rocking the Spurs number 10, Andrew Gay's jersey. Now, that's an absolute beauty, that one. That's definitely a jersey I need to add to my collection there, so... Very impressive, Nath. I know you got that one in your trip here. I'm loving that. Yeah, I did at the store that can't be named. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the tip on that one, though. But yeah, we, we, Stewie and I both went there, and he didn't manage to pick up anything, I don't think, but I managed to pick up this jersey, which was fantastic. And it might be the only time I wear it, because uh, with any luck, I'm hoping one day the great man will sign it for me and I can stick it in ooh. a frame. It was obviously on your show uh, a while back yep. now, which was a fantastic episode. I'm hoping one day we might be able to uh, to get him on our show too. But, I mean, what can you say about the man? It's all been said already. Andrew Gay is just absolute legend of Australian basketball, but just a legend of broadcasting too. He's not only doing the basketball these days, he's on Bounce with the Footy as well. He's obviously a big Hawthorne Hawks fan. So I didn't really... I, I thought rather than talk about him a whole lot, because you've talked about him a lot and you've interviewed him and whatnot, I thought I'd bring up a couple of little things. bit of trivia for you, and I think you might get this one. Who was the player that kept him off the 99 finals roster? Do you remember that? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, oh. 
Maybe I think he might have me stumped on that. Big guy or little guy? Little guy. 99. Um, uh, wouldn't be Avery Johnson. No, I'm going to I'm gonna admit defeat on that one. Yeah, no, Avery started on that team and was pretty, mm. uh, pretty important. Hit that kind of corner shot against the Knicks, of course. But uh, it was Derek Dial. Now, he's a guy that uh, not many people would remember. But as a mm. Spurs fan, yep. as an Aussie Spurs fan, who was just so excited to see Andrew Gaze on the team, pretty disappointed that he was the player that left him off the playoff roster. Because from memory, I don't think he ever wore a Spurs jersey again after that season. So it would have been really great if, if Gaze had actually made the court. But he did get a ring, unlike what happens here in the AFL Grand Final. We watched that over in Sydney uh, at, a, at one of the local pubs there too. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's, that's the... The trivia. I thought you might get that one, but uh, yeah. So I've been a Spurs fan since 1992. Funnily enough, Mookie's been a Blazers fan, where I saw him at uh, Woody's party there for the same amount of time. So it was interesting sharing nice. with him. But I guess the Aussie connection is what I wanted to focus on. So obviously, Gazy kicked it off, but then there was Shane Hill briefly. Paddy Mills became the tenth player to play 600 games for the Spurs. He ended up at 665, if I'm not mistaken, with another 90 playoff games. Then there was Aaron Baines, Jock Landau. So it's just been really serendipitous for this team that I've supported for 30 years. And David Robinson was the main inspiration for that way back in the day. But it's just been so fantastic to see so many Aussies pull on a Spurs jersey over the years. And Paddy, as I said, nearly a decade or about a decade with the team. So just really good luck uh, as a Spurs fan to have so many Aussies walk through those doors. And what's what's Matty Nielsen's status? Is he still with them or is he with the G League team? What's his um his status this year? Is he still with the, the team? Oh, Good question. That's uh, you've put me on the spot there. I'm pretty sure he's still involved in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's more with the day to day in the NBA or or the the G League. Yeah, good question. I guess he kind of continues that legacy there. But no, I like that. Well, um, will you be buying a certain Frenchman's Spurs jersey? You think anytime soon? Or? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not a big jersey guy like you guys. Are, yeah, but yeah. Geez, he's a special talent, isn't he? I'll be might be one to get. One, I think. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Absolutely. Well, in honour of yourself, mate, I thought I'd do a double uh, Spurs uh, jersey today. So I don't think I'd worn many Spurs jerseys. I did wear a Sean Elliott jersey. I think when we had Gazy on, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sean Elliott. He's definitely one of my favourites there. But I'll just talk a little bit about the one I'm hanging behind me there. So I'd say. Um, Tony Parker, silver Nike Spurs jersey. So it's another one of those Nike Rewind ones that you know, probably are my favourite jerseys, as I, as I mentioned last week. Um, a little bit about Parker. Um, 18 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted out of France by the Spurs at pick 28 in the 01 draft. Um, look, he had an amazing career, didn't he? Um, regarded as one of the greatest ever Spurs, um, helping them win four championships as well as a finals MVP in 2007. Uh, Parker was also a six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player um, and was recently known to the NBA Hall of Fame a couple of months ago. So the 41-year-old is currently involved in ownership where he's a majority owner of a French team there. Uh, before I talk about the one I'm wearing, what were your, your memories of uh, the Frenchman there? Yeah, look, I'll be honest. He wasn't kind of the top of the list as far as my favourite players were concerned, but geez, he was a bloody good one and we wouldn't have yep. won those championships without him. As you said, key part of that team that beat Cleveland in 07 when he was the finals MVP. The Spurs have managed to share around the finals MVP a little bit in the in the championship years. But yeah, just an integral piece of the team. Nearly traded for Jason Kidd early in his career. Glad mm. that didn't happen because who yep. knows the butterfly effects there. But uh, yeah, just a tremendous player. Absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And bit of a shame that he didn't finish his career with us, but you can understand why, why players would want to keep going and obviously finished up at the Hornets there. 
it looked really weird, didn't it, seeing him in a different uniform to finish off. It kind of goes down with some of the ones that Woods and I have spoken, you know, like Patrick Ewing in Sonics uniforms and Akeem in Toronto uniforms and stuff like that. It just kind of doesn't seem right seeing him like that. But it was a bit like that with Dominique for me when he sort of bounced around and obviously he played with the Spurs as well. Just strange seeing him in some of those random jerseys. So, um, well, look, I'll just quickly stand up and show you the one I'm rocking today. So I know you picked it at the start. It's from the old school jersey in the font, but I'll just um, quickly stand up. Maybe you can um, talk to the people that are listening to the audio just what this one is and I'll talk a little bit about this guy. Yeah, so Robbie's rocking the Iceman, George Gervin, 44 San Antonio. He uh, had kept the number out of screen view, but I knew straight away from the typeface that it was uh, the great man. King of the finger roll, of course. Yeah. And uh, going back to what you mentioned with Dominique as well, the Spurs always had this great knack of picking up players from other teams that I loved. Kevin Willis was another hawk, mm. uh, was one of my favourite players. But the yeah, George Gervin, obviously... I'm too young to, to appreciate uh, uh, seeing anything but highlights. Yeah. And he can play. He sure could. A little bit about this guy. You may have noticed, Nathan, it's a special nickname jersey. So it's actually got Iceman on the back instead of Gervin, which I really like. Um, I've got another one of these similar ones. I've got a Chuck Person one where it's Rifleman on the back. But, yeah, it's Iceman. My, my daughter thought that was pretty random to see that on the back. And it's it's not anything to do with the Top Gun movies, of course. But, um, look, a little bit about Gervin. And, and like you said, Nathan, probably is a little bit ahead of, um, you know, probably a lot of people that listen to the show. He, he was, you know, a player that was in the 70s and 80s. But a little bit about him just so to people can get familiar with uh, the Iceman. So, um, look, 14 seasons during his time in the ABA and NBA, finished with a career scoring average in the NBA of 26.2 points. So the guy was an absolute walking bucket. So drafted out of Eastern Michigan by the Suns at pick 40 in the 74 draft. So you could say that was a pretty solid pick there. Um, look, he played in the CBA and the ABA, um, as well as the majority of his years with the Spurs, before finishing off playing in Europe. So some really impressive NBA accolades, I know. So nine-time NBA All-Star, one-time All-Star MVP, um, seven-time All-NBA, four-time scoring champ. Um, so pretty impressive resume there. So Iceman's currently 71. Um, he does a lot of charity work in the San Antonio area. So, yeah, a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane and talking about that. Um, Woods will know I love putting people on the on the spot here, Nate. So I realized when I was looking at that, there's uh, 10 Spurs players that have had their jerseys retired now. So probably probably give you a clue with two of those tonight. But can you name the, the 10 players from the Spurs that have had their jerseys retired? Oh, Robbie. Hey, hey, and I know if you were doing this with your editing, if you were doing this with your editing, you'd have the doo doo and the, the, t the other noise. I don't have the, those things there. I like yes, how you do yeah, that, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we do love a bit of trivia without notice on our show, so yep. it's, it's only right that you did it to me as well. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, he finished his career with the Bulls. He did, yeah. So we we're talking about Tony leaving. Yeah, players, mm. you know, they do move around, particularly at the end. It's good yep. to have that veteran presence as well, I guess, on some uh -huh. teams. But okay, Spurs retirements. Well, we'll get through the easy ones. Robinson, Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, Bowen, yep. Irvin. Yep. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty solid start. Yep. Four to go. Two, two, um, of, them, two of them we've uh, mentioned their uh, name. Johnny... Oh, hang on. You're close. I think I know what you're going to say Moore. there. Johnny Moore, yep. Yep, Johnny Moore. Yep. Paul Silas. Not Paul Silas, another Silas. Ah, oh. oh, sorry, Paul. Uh, I always get his name wrong. 
and who are the other two? There's two more. Uh, the other two, we've actually, we've actually mentioned them, surprisingly enough. We've mentioned them already, the other two, um, just in passing. But, yeah, so Silas, um, I'll give you that one. So James Silas, I, I've got to admit, I didn't oh, know Alvin much Robinson. about James Silas. Not Alvin Robertson, no, but two guys we have mentioned. James so, Silas. yeah. Not Alvin Robertson. No. So both yeah, of them. She's tested me on this before, and I've got all 10. <laughs> it's typical that this will be the time I've. Uh, oh, man. Both of them would have been on that team in 99 when, when Gazy wasn't there. So Avery Johnson and Sean Elliott. So, yeah. Oh, so of course. That's the 10 there. So, so pretty impressive 10 there. Um, it makes you wonder who'll be the next one, right? So, um, I think it's we might be waiting a while to see who that next one is. Will it be Wemby? Will there be, you know, will Kelton Johnson blow up over the next, like, six years? And it might be him. You never know. I don't think so. But you never know, right? Um, but people have well, talked about enough, Paddy Mills, though, right? Thought. Hmm. Exactly right. Yeah, sorry to cut in there, that, but I got too excited. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a school of thought, even amongst the San Antonio fans, because I look at the message boards and forums and that sort of thing. There is a segment of San Antonio that thinks Paddy deserves to have his jersey retired. So, hey, he was there for a decade. You never mm. know. I love Jeez, geez, that would be cool if he did, wouldn't it? Nice. Oh, well, appreciate that, Nath. Um, it's always good to, to do some Spurs jerseys in honour of yourself, of course, there. So, um, well, we've got a pretty interesting show plan. We're going to talk a little bit of NBL. Um, we've also got some NBA news as well. But I thought we might start it off with the NBL, Nath. So, um, obviously, round two is in the books now. Um, so, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that first. So, it was a pretty big round two, actually. Lots of teams on doubles this uh, last weekend. Um, six teams of the 10 now currently have a two and one win-loss record. So, Adelaide is the only team yet to register a W. Um, probably the team I want to maybe touch on with you, though, Nath, is Tasmania. So, two quality wins this week, um, you know, beating the Kings at home and then a big road win against United yesterday. Um, what did you think about um, Tasmania and their efforts in those two games? Oh, I'm glad you brought up Tassie because uh, that Melbourne Tassie game was one of the ones I was able to see. Unfortunately, I watched a little bit less than usual because we we flew back and so I missed yep. those Thursday games. I missed getting my bloody super coach team in too. Because of that. <laughs> is that, is that why um, I beat you? Or? I'm used to doing it in the afternoon. <laughs> Probably. Well, because I didn't get to change my captain. I, I, I saw. Anything. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm used to doing it around 4.30 Perth time, but 4, 4.30 in the East is very different in the New Zealand game. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, fantastic, Everett. Massive fan of Milton Doyle. I definitely Oof. would have made him my captain had I yeah. had an opportunity to, to change it because uh, he is in my team. He was my vice captain last week. 27-14 in the fourth quarter to outscore them was just a tremendous effort. I believe they were down by as much as 13 in the fourth in that game. So much poise, so cool and calm under pressure, as Liam said in the commentary. I'm a massive fan of this team, and if I'm not mistaken, Derek Rucker now thinks they're favourites. I think a few people have been saying that these last few days. I saw Jack Heverin's pretty high on them as well. Um, it was an interesting one for me. I watched pretty much the first three quarters live and then had to go out and um, do a bit of a walk in the afternoon. So I kind of just pressed pause on the Foxtel coverage and came home. And look, I was not expecting that, you know, especially once Melbourne got it up 13. Um, look, Doyle just took over, didn't he, in the fourth? Um, 14 points. Um, seems to really be shooting the three well this year. He hit another five threes in this game. Um I'm a big fan of McVeigh as well. I thought he came up um, pretty big in that fourth quarter as well. And, you know, um, Jordan Crawford as well, he really sort of got him going early in the game. And then it was, uh, you know, the Doyle and McVeigh 
um, sort of show later on there. But I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for them, right? They lost that first game on the road to Perth, and they can you know beat beat the Kings and Melbourne, who a lot of people you know are sort of tipping to make that um, grand final there. So yeah, look out for Tasmania. I think um, they've got um, they've got the first game of the round this week, which we'll talk about soon. But um, another team I wanted to talk about, and um, something that happened in the the Sunshine Stoush, as they like to call it there. Um, that was uh, angry Aaron Bain. So I wanted to see what your thoughts were about that at the time of recording. So I should say it's Monday the 9th of October so there hasn't been any sanctions handed down by the NBL but I'm hearing reports that Cairns um, sorry I should say Brisbane are really upset with Cairns coach Aaron Ford um, saying that he perhaps escalated things down in the tunnels there so did you get a chance to look at that Nathan um, if so what were your thoughts yeah I didn't get to see the game I, I watched the extended highlights and I saw the kind of argy-bargy that was kind of captured on screen I, I think they tried to maybe avoid including it in some highlights clips and this, that and the other, mm. but I did manage to get my hands on some of the footage at least. Yeah, very disappointing, wasn't it? A bit out of character for Baines. He obviously, he does wear his heart on his sleeve and, and he is a tough physical player, but just the look in his eyes, is, whew, oh, yeah. was definitely some white line fever there, wasn't it? Really disappointing. Maybe less media coverage than I would have expected, I guess, with the Cricket World Cup going on. There's a lot of stuff going on at the moment, the AFL trade period, so maybe it didn't mm. make the news as it might have otherwise. Uh, but, yeah, not fantastic for the league, and, and there's still some detail. There's a lot of details I feel like I'm missing, so I'm reluctant to yeah. kind of to say too much. But but what I have seen, it's it's disappointing, and hopefully that they can kind of come to some somewhat of a just conclusion, because... I think Brisbane have looked better, haven't they? And Sobey, wow, yep. he's looked Ooh, fantastic. He's, he's really come out well. As they finally, yeah, they've finally got a bit of momentum and it's just a shame that, that this might kind of two steps forward, three steps back maybe a little bit. No, that's true. And look, I think they've probably got to look into it with both players exiting the same side of the court. I mean, that's a bit a bit old school, isn't it? Surely you can have some sort of, you know, facility in your stadium there where, where two teams go different ways to get to the tunnel there. So I think that's probably where the problems were there. But no, you're right. Brisbane has been impressive. Um, look, McDaniel's been really impressive this year. Sobey's just, you know, having a, a blinder. He'd almost be, you know, him and Milton Doyle I'd say we'll probably be the two MVP favourites so far after just a couple of weeks there. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'll probably be surprised if there's any suspensions there. We know Cairns are actually, um, they've already flown to America for these games they're doing there, so they'll probably wait to hear what happens there. But I'm sure we might just get some sort of uh, fine or something there. And probably lastly with the, the round two games there, Nate, so we saw the 36ers drop to zero and four. Um, probably surprisingly as well, we saw Southeast Phoenix um, drop into one and three. So those two teams down the bottom. Um, Personally, I think Adelaide weren't too bad in those two games there. So they, they gave Perth a decent run, I thought, on that game on Friday night. And they were competitive against Sydney. Um, I think they're probably the, you know, eventually Sydney had a bit too much class there. But um, any concerns maybe with South East? I mean, I think everyone was expecting Adelaide to, to be down the bottom. But what about South East? Any concerns with them? Well, obviously, the, the Tyler Cook injury on top of their existing injuries and, and he himself being an injury replacement, by the way, how good is Big Sauce Williams in college? <laughs> he's good, isn't he? Gotta love that guy. He's just so good. Oh, he's so good for this league, so good for this country even. He's, yeah. he's promoting our country. It's just fantastic. But yeah, it, it makes the Wildcats loss uh, to Southeast Melbourne sting a little bit more, doesn't it, uh, Robbie? We, we You're had right. the pleasure yep. of watching it with you at your place. And as I said to you, when was the last time you watched the Wildcats game up with someone other than your folks? Who <laughs> 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 was a fan, but... Uh, yeah, I would worry a little if I were the Phoenix, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a sort of league, isn't it? I think you know, you're one and three. If they say win one of their next three, for example, and they're you know they they're really behind the eight ball there. I think it's going to be competitive, as I think a lot of people are expecting there. And I think you know some of these early rounds will really shape things with the the teams that make the play-ins there. So, well, on that note, maybe we'll do a, a quick preview of round three. Um, uh, Woody told me. So, by the way, we we didn't play where is Woody at the start of the show, Nate. So he's actually in London at the moment. Um, those that are playing at home, they actually lost his suitcase going over there, so he didn't have a his clothes for about six days so um, that would have made it interesting for him but apparently I did an okay job with the slides last week so I'll try not to stuff that up again this week um, I think they are a little smaller if I'm being honest when they come up so Woody still does that better but look maybe I'll just read through these games um, sort of one by one there Nathan we can give some thoughts there so um, it's the same thing again you know games from Thursday to Sunday which I mentioned last week I like that games in similar time slots there so well the first game um, on Thursday a standalone game there Tazzy against Illawarra um, what are you, th- you thinking about that one? Well, Illawarra have been competitive, haven't they? And mm-hmm. I guess if they're hosting, this is a bit of a danger game for Tassie, but you'd have to give the chocolates to the Jackies because they've just looked so good. And as I said, yep. their poise and their uh, just ability to execute down the stretch in pressure is just really impressive. And, I mean, we've talked on our show about our love for Scott Roth. Uh, just well-coached, great culture, just a really fantastic team. No, well said. Yeah, I'll take Tassie in that one. I think that could be a decent game. I've got to say, Illawarra is probably the one team I haven't had a, a real chance to, to totally watch uh, their games there, so I will be tuning into that one on Thursday. But, yeah, I'll say Tassie for that. Um, then we've got a double header on Friday. We've got Brisbane against Sydney. Um, look, I'll maybe I'll talk a little bit about that one. Well, Sydney, obviously, this is a bit of a test for Brisbane playing a, another one of the really good teams in the comp. Um, look, I think Sydney are getting... Getting it together pretty well. It's pretty scary to think they've still got DJ Hogue to add to that team there, but I'll say Sydney could win that one maybe reasonably easy. Um, any differences there on that one for you? Are they the home team there, Robbie? I yeah, Bris- Brisbane at home. Yeah, Brisbane at home. Yeah. Brisbane are the home team, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was interesting, wasn't it? This round, there's a lot of teams playing both home and away this round. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're which right. I found quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, Sydney uh, being one of them. The Wildcats are another one, for example. Yeah, look, even though Brizzy are at home, you have to assume that Bainsey won't be playing. And so on that basis alone, you've got to go with the Kings, I think. I've been interested to see Denzel Valentine playmaking more than I expected him to. Hey, he's playing that kind of point forward role a bit more than I expected. Yeah, he's certainly getting a lot of usage there. I was kind of watching him quite closely in that game on Sunday, mainly because I had him as captain in my, in my supercoach team. Um, I'm liking some of the playmaking. I do think he's forcing perhaps the three-point shot a little bit too much there, but I think he's probably just getting used to the way the game's been played there. But look, I'll be going to that game on Sunday. I'm looking forward to, to see him in the flesh. Obviously, an NBA veteran there. Um, well, this, um, I mean, a couple of big games here for the Wildcats, but none bigger than this one. So the normal Friday night, 9.30 in the Eastern State time there. It'll be 6.30 for you over in Perth. So Perth taking on United. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, normally I wouldn't tip against Perth at home, but Melbourne have just been so good over here lately, haven't they? Mm. I can't remember the record, but I feel like they've won nearly every time they've come here the last few years. (laughs) It's a real danger game. And look, I'll be honest, Perth could very easily be 0-3. I don't know if you agree with that. I think we were bit lucky against Tassie and Adelaide. Yeah, Tassie and Adelaide, we kind of um, shut up shop a little bit too early, I think, there. But, um, well, the big question I'm wondering for this one, though, um, will the home crowd boo Luke Travers? What's your what's your tip for that one? 
Ah, good, good point. I didn't even think of that. Look, I, I would like to hope that they wouldn't, uh, but I can understand if they do, and it's not unusual for sporting crowds. I, I completely understand why he left. Uh, yeah. I was kind of singing his praises quite early, and, and kind of the logic behind it was, okay, he's been drafted now. Clearly, the NBL isn't his final destination. It makes sense to fly to the other side of the country, remove the umbilical cord a little bit metaphorically, not you know further away from the parents, and I guess... Some of the it's it's easy to to you know let people look after you when you're in your hometown. So I personally sure. would never be booing him. Yeah. And look, I, I don't have a problem with good-hearted booing, you know, because people want to see him in a Wildcats jersey. And he's looking even better this season too, hasn't he? He seems to have improved again in the off season. He is. Well, hopefully they can remember the good things he did for us as well. But look, I'm obviously a West Coast fan, as you know, Nath. We know they're a pretty good team at booing, so we'll be interested to see if the Wildcats can sort of do the same sort of thing there. Um, all right, well, that takes us yeah, to no the... Perfect, no, no that's true, that's true. Um, well, that takes us to the Saturday games there, so another double header there. So Adelaide taking on Illawarra, so the, the two-game uh, road trip for Illawarra there. So, look, a big game for Adelaide. You don't want to go 0-5, do you, in a 28-game season? So... I'm going to say Adelaide might actually get up and win this one. We've, as we mentioned, they've been pretty competitive. Um, we saw Kel um, actually hit, hit a few shots on the weekend. Um, Wiley's been pretty decent. Um, so I think Adelaide might get up for that one. So probably don't need to talk about that one too much. But the, the next one, um, another interesting one, I think, though, we've got the, the South East Melbourne Phoenix taking on Tassie. So, again, pretty big game for the Phoenix here. They do not want to drop to one and four here. Um, at home against Tassie. So Tassie certainly getting a few games this round. Um, what's your thoughts on on that game. It's interesting that these are grouped together, Robbie, because I think both Adelaide and the Phoenix are both absolutely desperate for wins. They definitely need them. Yeah. I can't remember if you guys talked about it. I know it's been doing the rounds a bit. I still don't understand why Daniel Johnson couldn't get another contract, even if he got yeah. the I, I thought that was a weird one for me. And Adelaide have had import issues leading into seasons in consecutive seasons. But in spite of that, I saw today on Twitter, because I refuse to call it X, that John Casey said that they've got a record for members, 6,000 members. So that's really good to see in spite of the, the tough times. Well, I, um, oh, Jer Jerome Randall was trying to get a game, wasn't he? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? It yeah, was a bit strange. Hard, both yep. when they interview him. Yeah, they're interviewing him on, on uh, the side of the court and also on Twitter. He's campaigning mm. hard too. I don't think it's going to happen for him. No, no. But uh, yeah, if Cook's not playing, that's going to be tough. If Cook's yep. playing, you'd think that the Phoenix at home, Tassie having already played a game, then I would probably pick the Phoenix. I think Cook is the key piece there. Yeah, good call. I should mention as well for this round three, so obviously Cairns aren't in action for the next two weeks. New Zealand also don't have a game this week. Um, so that, that's interesting. You know, two of the, the uh, ten teams aren't playing. Um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, New Zealand in our quick hits um, segment as well because I actually signed a new import today. But we'll go to the last two games of the round here. So we go to the Sunday game. So uh, the first one on Sunday is Melbourne taking on Brisbane. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Nath, a lot of teams, you know, playing, um, you know, double games or having a road and home game there so look I can't see Melbourne having any issues with Brisbane in this one um, you know they'll probably be be pretty hungry after the Friday game in Perth depending on what happens there but I'll pick Melbourne for that but look maybe let's spend a minute or so talking about this last game here so you know it's if Woody was here on the show we'd probably be giving each other some stick right now so it's the annual Kings and Wildcats game so Wildcats play two games here every season um, it's going to be really strange going to this one without Woody this week um, it's been a bit of a family tradition my mum and dad come along and you know my daughter and me and Woody go and we'll wear red and Woody you know wears all these King stuff and we give each other some stick there but no looking forward 
to get to it. Looking forward to see a bit of a different Wildcats team as well, guys like Jordan Usher, Alex Saar, um, Ben Henschel, who I've mentioned on the show. I'm a big fan of there and looking forward to see him. But, um, look, I'm obviously going to put the Homer hat on and, and say Perth will win this one, but I can see it being, you know, probably the match of the round. But, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, if I can be a naughty guest and say briefly... <laughs> with the Melbourne game previously, Rob Lowe. I mean, they're even getting production out of their injury yeah. replacements. It's just yep. incredible. Like, they're scary good. But mm-hmm. look, big danger for the Wildcats to go 0-2 this weekend. You wouldn't be surprised if they went 0-2 or 2-0 or 1-1. I think anything could happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Henschel came back to earth a little bit, didn't he? Uh, he did. to be expected, obviously, after breaking the record for a, a young Aussie in the league. Yeah. Alexander Saar, man. Like, I've been seeing his praises... From before day one, I was very early on that bandwagon. They're now starting to say he may, may even go number one overall in the NBA draft. I mean, I just love watching this guy play. I want to. I'm going to try and get out to a few games. I'm not. Uh, we're not members anymore for mainly because of work purposes. We, you know, missing games and things. But mm. I can't wait to try and get out to see him live as much as possible. And here's a comparison for you. He's got a bit of Kevin Garnett about him. Not, yeah. like, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Kevin Garnett, but just the way, like, his frame, even the way he moves, the way he shoots, like, there's yep. a lot of mannerisms and a lot of body language that's really similar nah. to Kevin Garnett. It's a and good just call. the thing for Saar, his defensive just instincts are off the chain. You, you cannot teach that stuff. He's got just perfect defensive uh, just intelligence. Yeah. And I think that's going to hold him in really good stead. And I think the Wildcats, I think at times the offense will be an issue, but defensively this team will be there or thereabouts because of guys like Saar. And, oh, man, we're just so lucky to have him. Really I feel like every time he's come on on these games so far, he's had a block shot maybe within 30 seconds of coming on the court, which is quite funny. And Obviously, guys are taking it to him as well. But, no, I'm really looking forward to see someone like him because, you know, as you mentioned, this is a potential, you know, number one or at least a, a top, you know, five draft pick at least next year. So really looking forward to seeing him in the flesh. And, yeah, just encourage everyone to, you know, watch all these NBL games. If you can't get to a game in person, obviously, you know, watch it on Foxtel, the NBL app, wherever you sort of watch your games at, it's a pretty exciting round, this one, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. So, all right. Well, that's probably our little NBL stuff there, Nate. So, sure. hmm. You well, go. Before you move on, Robbie, I'm pretty sure that the NBL XNBA games are all going to be broadcast as well. So the Taipans will be playing the Wizards on the 11th and the Raptors on the 16th. Good and call. And you might be talking about the Breakers, so I won't steal your thunder there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, they got the Blazers and Jazz as well. Same dates, actually. Yeah. Interesting. No, good call. They'll probably want to be at a reasonably sort of friendly time. No, I'll have to make sure we watch those there. I must admit, NBA preseason is not something I've watched a whole lot of. And, you know, there were some games today. And, you know, you look at it and some of the, you know, stars are playing eight minutes and then, then sitting down sort of thing. But, yeah, you're right. Sort of, you know, watch those. We obviously saw history made last year with Adelaide um, getting the upset win. It didn't work out too well for them season-wise after that, but they certainly made history there. But um, well, um, well, let's talk a little bit of NBA then, Noth. Um, so the time of recording, look, we're just over two weeks until the season starts. Um, I feel like I'm more excited than, than probably ever. I don't know why, but just I'll probably say that each year, though. Um, but, yeah, a lot of exciting things to look forward to. But I thought we'd start with your team, though, um, the Spurs. So this surely has to be the most optimistic you've been going into a season for quite a few years, right? Yeah, I think I think it will be a slow build. So obviously, after the Robinson and Duncan drafts, they well Robinson had those two years off because of the Navy. But when they did finally start suiting up, the wins went up by a significant, like thirty-five-ish wins, like a huge margin. I don't think we'll see that again. 
Um, initially, kind of post-draft, heading into the into the free agency, I thought, oh, we might compete for a play-in spot if we're lucky. But that was kind of contingent on maybe signing a guy like a Brook Lopez or a Austin Reeves, for example. We had the money to sign both. Yeah. Even if we'd managed to get Pirtle again, for example. But clearly the decision's been made. No kind of big free agents. Uh, got rid of campaign, so clearly getting the minutes for the young guys. So I saw that, um, I think it's Rob Pelton had, or Kevin Pelton. Kevin mm. Pelton had his win predictor the machine. on ESPN today. I think it was today, or I saw it today. Yeah, and, and he, he had the Spurs dead last. I think that's probably probably what will happen. They're clearly mm. clearly a slow build. Um, had, you know, again, had there been some some differences in the free agency, I would I would be different. However, my optimism levels are still super super high. I, I really like a slow build and a young build, and and I really like the idea of this core playing together. Wemby's already looked great. They had over thirteen thousand people at an open scrimmage there. I mean, he's wow. just such a good dribbler. Yeah. Uh, on top of all the other skills he has, so. Uh, Devin Vassell has just re-signed for a very reasonable price. I think that contract's yep. going to look better and better as the cap goes up. Uh, I think he's probably jumped Keldon Johnson. He, mm. He's got some Kawhi Leonard potential, Devin Vassell. He's very good offensively and very good defensively too. Fantastic two-way player. Yep. Jeremy Sohan, I'm a massive fan of as well. He can mm. play that Draymond Green kind of role. So, so yeah, I am optimistic, but it's probably a little bit more long-term. I, I still expect a year or two of pain. Yeah. It's growing pain, and that's the main mm. thing, growing pain. So I, I really look forward to... I haven't had League Pass for a while, I'll be honest, but I will be renewing it this year, and I really look forward to watching as many Spurs games as I can. Well, it's interesting you mes- uh, mentioned Vassell there. I was listening to the latest uh, Low Post um, episode, Zach Lowe, today. He's really high on Devin Vassell there. He sort of spoke about him for a couple of minutes and was saying he thinks that's going to be an absolute bargain contract that, that Vassell got there. He's obviously a two-way player there. But um, the big one for me is kind of looking at their depth chart and everything. It still feels like a couple of those starting five positions are maybe up for grabs. Um, you know, do they start someone like Zach Collins or does Sohan, you know, maybe start at one of those spots there? Um, is, um, is Jones going to be the starting point guy? I, I have a feeling he, he may be there. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. They probably needed just that one maybe one maybe veteran player they could have signed just to you know take a little bit of the pressure off guys like Wemby there. So, I don't know. In terms of the, the worst, so did Kevin Pelton say was that the worst team in East or West? Was that his prediction there? Like worst team in the league? or Yeah. So, Washington. See, I'd yeah, be thinking, yeah, I'd, like straight away without him really thinking, I would have thought Washington... I'm not quite sure about Detroit with their mismatched team there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, the West obviously is pretty loaded there. I mean, I've heard a lot of people even saying the Clippers won't make the, the playoffs or you know at all there, so that surprises me. But, yeah, there's not a lot of bad teams in the West, is there? Houston's probably that one other team that they could be. But, you know, Houston's really loaded up in the offseason as well, haven't they, with some of their, their free agent signings? But, no, well said, though, Nath. Like you said... Yeah, true. Well, actually, yeah, that's a good point now, isn't it, Portland there? So, I, um, I had an uh, NBA fan fantasy draft uh, yesterday drafted quite a few of those Portland guys because someone's got to put up numbers on that team right so guys like Sharp or you know whether it's Scoot or those sort of guys but someone and I think um, as I mentioned last week DeAndre Ayton could could have a pretty uh, pretty good season for them so nice well I'll, I'll certainly be watching a lot more Spurs as well um, you know it's going to be really interesting to see how Wemby goes hopefully his body is up to it there um, we know probably <laughs> um, Pop may think of some opportunities to rest him there if they're allowed to, to get away with that there. But, no, it'll be interesting. And while we're talking about our teams, Nathan, I might actually ask you about Woody and I's team there, the the mighty Atlanta Hawks there. So we were talking about, you know, you mentioned, I think, 92 for the Spurs. I think my 
Hawks fanship. I think it started in about 84, I think it was. So long-suffering fan now. We're nearly talking 40 years there. And, you know, they've just had a couple of conference finals there. And, you know, never gone any further than that. That you know, they weren't far off in that series, or oh, the Eastern Conference Finals in 2015, where they played Cleveland. Um, actually had a deal with my wife if they won that and made the NBA Finals. I was going to be flying over there. But Cleveland decided to ruin that party and swept us in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that was a little bit uh, rough in that one. Obviously, we saw, you know, recently they had some success losing to Milwaukee there as well. But, um, look, it's probably not an objective opinion if Woody and I talk about Hawks because we're going to put our Homer hats on there. But what's your thoughts on the Hawks? What sort of season do you, th- do you see them having this year? Well, you're allowed to go okay this year, but hopefully you'll do really terribly the following season because we've got your 2025 unprotected first round. Mm. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, well, and and that's the other thing with the Spurs slow build. We've got first three first rounders next season as well, so mm. it maybe pays for us to be crap this season to <laughs> to have those three first rounders. But as far as the Hawks are concerned, uh, Kevin Pelton, so he had you guys at nearly forty four wins, which would make you sixth in the East, which feels about right. So that would have yeah. you behind the Celtics, Cavs, Bucks, Philly, and Knicks. Mm. I think you could maybe be higher than the Knicks, uh, but I, I think I don't know. Philly, Philly's a wild card, aren't they? I mean, James Harden situation. Yeah. Could we even see Embiid on the block, potentially? I've heard more and more rumours about OKC. I really do think that, and I look forward to talking about this with Stewie when we record in a few days, but I really think OKC need to start pushing their chips into the middle of the table. And Embiid yep. is, Embiid's an interesting one. So, mm. so yeah, Philly, Philly's a bit of a funny one. So I think anywhere from four to six... It's yeah. probably quite realistic for the Hawks. I don't know if that's mm. where you have them. Or... I agree. I think 44, you mentioned as well, I think that's a pretty realistic target. I mean, we saw last year the Hawks seemingly would just win one, lose one. Obviously, if you do that for the season, you're going 41 and 41. I'd love to say they can improve a little bit and potentially get to a, a higher number in the 40s, you know, whether it be 47, 48 there. But I think you're right. It depends on what some of these... You know, I did say it last year, but I, I do think Miami will slide a little bit there. They did lose a lot of the, the core of that team. Um, you know, Boston and Milwaukee have made some moves, which we'll talk about shortly. But yeah, probably in, in around those teams like Cleveland, um, you know, New York, like you mentioned there. So um, look, I, I'd love to see them improve a little bit on last year. They've been in the play on the play in the last two seasons. So I'd love to see them actually, you know, lock up a top six spot there. But I just hope they start well. Um, hope to see some continued development from some of the young guys, whether it's, you know, Double O, you know, Onyekara Kongu or guys like AJ Griffin. Um, they're quite high on Kobe Bufkin, their, um, their first round of this year. So, and really pleased to see that Paddy Mills looks like he's definitely going to be a part of this lineup too. Um, it's been some good things coming out of Atlanta and the, the training camp there that they're, they're really set on having him and Wes Matthews as their veteran leaders there. So, makes it even more exciting. You know, Woods and I have mentioned this trip we're going on next year. We're going to be seeing three Hawks home games. So, to see Paddy Mills in Atlanta playing for the Hawks, um, that would be pretty much a, a dream come through there. So that might be the next jersey I have to get, actually. I'm assuming he'll get the, the number eight for the Hawks there, but that might be one I can get. It. I've got a number eight Hawks jersey already, but that's the, the mighty Smitty from the city, Steve Smith. But, yeah, it'd be great to see see Paddy make it there. So, well, no, I appreciate that, Nathan. Yeah, good to get an objective opinion as well because you're probably not going to get to, to an objective, objective opinion from Woods and I there. Um, well, just a couple of things just to sort of you know, wrap up this, I guess, quick hit segment there. So 
I did tease the New Zealand Breakers and not playing um, uh, this weekend. So they actually had a really big signing. And I'm not sure if you've seen this one, Nathan. It only sort of popped up this afternoon. So Justin Ian Jessup's going to be out for, for quite a while with a pelvis injury, I believe. It sounds quite nasty. But they've gone and loaded up and signed um, Anthony Lamb here. So Anthony Lamb was a pretty important rotation player for the Golden State Warriors last year. So, um, you know, he, he averaged 19 minutes a game. So that's absolutely a rotation player there. Averaged six and a half points, three and a half board. So I reckon that's a pretty solid signing for the Breakers. We've seen them get some good imports in the past, but I'm sure you remember um, you know, Lamb running around last year. He's got some pretty good hair there as well, um, Nath. I know you'd be all over that, but yeah, what's your thoughts on, on that signing for the Breakers? Well, not not only the stats you mentioned, but they're basically his career stats in the NBA too. So mm. six points a game, three and a half rebounds, one and a half assists in nearly 100 games in the NBA. Yep. So that's a, you know, you're starting to get a decent sample there. I think he's an upgrade. I think mm. this injury to Jessup is, is serendipitous. Obviously, you don't wish injury upon anyone. Yeah. But And I hope he's okay and everything. But, yeah, as far as kind of just looking at it on paper um, and looking purely at the teams, I, I think this is kind of a, an accidental upgrade. So I, I think this is fantastic for the breakers and... and they're never going to be an easy an easy beat. They mm. never are, and they never will be this season either. I don't think. No, I definitely agree. I think Jessup's a pretty you know one dimensional player, isn't he? You know, he can he can shoot and he can do that well. But I think someone like Lamb's just going to offer him a whole lot more there, and probably be a bit more of a two way player then. So yeah, definitely an impressive signing, and, and quite early in the season. So they should be able to you know put him back into into that rotation and get him sort of you know playing playing well with these guys. Chatham's been a little bit sort of down so far than maybe what I was expecting, but again, they've only played a couple of games. So yeah, so what. Watch this space, obviously, once they're, they're back from the NBA games in New Zealand. Um, while we're talking um, games in America, Jacinta and I did do a bit of a WNBA uh, preview last week. So game one of the WNBA finals took place today. So it was Las Vegas taking a 1-0 lead. Um, they've got the home court advantage there. So they ran out 99-82 uh, winners against New York there. So quite an interesting game, Nathan. I followed it a little bit this morning. So it was actually tied at halftime. Um, the Aces just ran away with it in the second half with that 19... Uh, sorry, the... Um, 17-point win there. Um, and look, they had four players scoring 19 or more points. So I thought that was pretty impressive there. And we mentioned last week as well, the average margin of victory was around that sort of, you know, 18, 19 points. So for whatever reason, when these teams play each other, they don't have close games. But um, for those that want to follow it, Game 2 is on Thursday, um, Australian time there. So make sure you check it out and, and follow the WNBA. So, well, look, we might finish up, Nathan. I know Jacinta and I also touched on those big trades that took place uh, last week. Um, you know, obviously we saw Dame Lillard changing teams, Drew Holiday going to Boston. But I want to get your take on that. Um, we've certainly seen Milwaukee and Boston you know, make some big moves there. Um, I think both teams have sort of given up a little bit there. They've probably weakened their benches, especially Boston have there. But um, what was your talk, uh, your thoughts on the trades there? Maybe we'll start with uh, Milwaukee and the Dame trade and then give us a, a few thoughts about Boston. But we'll start off with the Bucks. Yeah, so I think credit to the Bucks. This is the second time now that Giannis has kind of put the fire to the feet a little bit and said, look, mm. guys, if you want me to stick around, things need to change, which is fair enough. As a star player, you want to play with a, a team that can give you an opportunity to win. Uh, and I think they've done a terrific job. It's, it's really interesting. Drew Holiday is a funny one. So I was really late to the party on Drew Holiday. I thought they gave up too much to get him initially uh, when he came into Milwaukee. Mm. And now I'm I've done a complete 180 on him. I think he's just fantastic. I, I think some of the comments about him slowing down and these sort of things, I think, are a bit overblown. He still averaged, what, was it 18, 7, and 5 on 
40% shooting from catch-and-shoot threes, something like that. Just a lockdown defender. I think he's a fantastic player. But anyway, we're talking about Milwaukee. I, hmm. I, I think it was a good trade. I think it had to happen. Yeah. I, I think their depth uh, is a little bit funny now, but obviously they're going to be a really strong buyout candidate. So there'll be True. three or four teams, maybe five, six teams, that are going to be hunting around that buyout market. And this is the sort of team that can improve their depth, maybe as the season wears on. Uh, but, geez, that pick and roll with Giannis and Dame is <laughs> just going to be almost un- unguardable. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've got a, a pretty nice balance. I, I'm a big, big fan of Chris Middleton. But so, I actually worry a bit more about him breaking down. I know there's been a lot of talk about Holiday. I, I don't think that's justified. I, I think mm. Middleton's the one I'm, I'm a little bit worried about if I'm a, a Bucks fan. Um, but look, I think it's a trade they had to make, and I think it was a good trade for everyone but Phoenix. I, I can't mm. believe... I mean, it was basically a salary dump, right? Yeah. I, I yep. just... Like Grayson Allen, like really? Are we are we gonna are we gonna start setting off fireworks for Grayson <laughs> Allen? Like he couldn't even get a rotation in the playoffs. So and like, plus they plus they took on Nurkic's um well they took on Nurkic's big contract as well, didn't they? Which was almost seemed like a little bit of an untradeable player there. So the the Bosnian beast um, Nurkic there. So yeah, I agree. Phoenix did look like they sort of you know didn't didn't go too well in that trade. But what about in terms of the Celtics there? So I think I might have mentioned it last week as well. Essentially, the Celtics in the off season they lost. Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and then they took on Kristaps Porzingis and uh, Drew Holiday. So, you know, you're sort of giving away five important players but getting two, I'd say, better players there. Obviously, their depth's going to suffer. But, yeah, what do you think of um, the, the moves made in uh, Beantown? Well, I think Holiday's definitely an upgrade on Smart. And I think, obviously, as a Spurs fan, I've seen a lot of Derek White. I'm a massive fan of Derek White. I don't think either he or Drew are pure point guards, but they're good enough, and they're as good as Marcus Smart when it comes to point guard play as well, in my opinion. So I don't think there's any issues there. I think defensively, they'll be really, really good. Mm. It's Porzingis. That's what I worry about. Now, I know there was a lot of talk about him really improving last season. He was away from the spotlight in Washington, and, and maybe that was the perfect situation for him. Complete opposite in Boston. Lots of scrutiny. I think they're favourites again now that they've got Holiday. So I think he, he to me, is the linchpin. If he can yeah. play well and if he's an abuse too much defensively, then they probably, maybe they should be considered favourites because Denver mm. obviously lost a bit of depth in the offseason as well. I'm a massive Denver fan, massive, yeah. massive Jokic fan. But if, yeah, if Zinger... So that's that's the one that worries me as, as far as that, that mix is concerned. But, geez, their starting five is fantastic. Or their first probably six or seven is... No, nah, you're right. There is a big drop-off, isn't there? And that probably what is the thing that concerns me, obviously. Paul Zingas' injury history. Al Horford's not getting any younger, is he? He had a really good uh, year last year. But they don't have, you know, the Williams, you know, guys that they had last year backing him up. I mean, I think you're going to guys like maybe, you know, what, Gabriel, I think, might have signed with them, and, you know, Luke Cornett and those sort of guys. So there's a real big difference there. So if, um, you know, if Horford or Paul Zingas is to go down for a considerable amount of time. But you probably mentioned it with the Milwaukee thing, though, Nathan. Um, both of those teams there could be, you know, potential for buyout candidates there. Um, potentially some ring chasers, you know, towards the end of the year that want to want to link up with one of those teams and, and sign there. So I think Dwight Howard's been mentioned with Boston, but I don't see that that's um, gone anywhere there. So you have to wonder whether Dwight Howard's played his, um, his last game in the NBA. I think now if um, a lot of teams seem to have brought him in for workouts and haven't gone any further there. But 
No, look, so many good storylines, isn't there? Just so many things to look forward to this year. Obviously, a really good rookie class. Um, you know, we've got more Aussies than ever. I saw, you know, a bit of that preseason game with Dallas the other day, and, you know, Exum played big minutes there. Josh Green started there. So, so much to look forward to from an Aussie point of view as well there. Well, we'll really appreciate it, Nath. Um, look, it's been an absolute honour having you on this week. Um, you've been really gracious with your time. Um, and look, if I'm being honest, it doesn't feel like I'm just chatting with a normal guest. It's just chatting with a, a mate about basketball, which is um, a good thing to do. And, you know, it was great to, to get to, to know you even more when you're over in Sydney. I'll, I'll have to try and get over to Perth, um, you know, my, my former hometown, you know, once um, once maybe I want to back from America next year, but we've got to make that happen as well. So, all right, we'll just get into a bit of an outro now. So, look, as I mentioned at the start of the show, um, please make sure you like, rate and subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, social media wise um, you can follow us on Twitter or X at throwbackshoops on Instagram with throwback.hoops um, and of course our email is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com um, in terms of Woody he's going to be in, away another couple of weeks so we've got special guest host uh, Mookie Skirali coming on next week so might be a bit of a Portland Trailblazers theme there just a bit of a um, a, a, a teaser on that one there but I might throw it over to you Nath um, uh, where can people sort of follow you guys um, where can they listen to you and I should say as well before you give us that stuff um, you know what you and Stu do on the sport blokes is an amazing effort you know Woody and I just have to you know do a bit of research on basketball but you guys have got all the main sports covered there you've got so much more things you've got to cover there and you just do an amazing job with it but yeah where can people you know listen and, and follow you guys there yeah, we're certainly sport tragics, and uh, thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and it's allowed me to forget about the Aussies' horrible World Cup start in the cricket <laughs> last night for at least an hour anyway. Uh, but yeah, please check out the Sport Blokes, S-P-O-R-T space B-L-O-K-E-S. Basketball's definitely our number one, as you said. There'll be plenty of basketball over the coming months, obviously, as, as the NBL's kicked off and the NBA's not too far around the corner. Um in that vein, I guess, we'd certainly encourage your listeners to check out our last couple of episodes in particular. So 168, we had the expert opinions of uh, Liam Santamaria, Casey Frank, Alex Loughton, and the voice of the NBL and NBA's top 10 players, Bo Estes. We, we released some previously unreleased uh, interview audio for that episode as kind of a, a lead into the NBL season. So we'd encourage people to check that out. We think that's definitely worth a listen. For sure. Uh, and also the most recent episode was with you guys, mm. uh, our 1993 redraft. So we're kind of slowly working our way through redrafting uh, drafts. We started in 1990 and, and we were uh, really glad and lucky to have you guys join us. So that was our most recent episode. Uh, but yeah, Shui and I will be recording again in a few days and we'll, we'll cover a whole bunch of stuff. But basketball will, will definitely be front and centre. Uh, and like you said, anything we find newsworthy in the world of sport could be anything. Stuart loves his carpety, for example. Uh, but yeah, we're always talking about uh, all sorts of things. So yeah, sportblokes on Twitter or sportblokes at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, but yeah, I really look forward to hearing Mookie's episode too. Uh, we, we had a chance to talk about the Dame trade at Woody's 40th, but the Drew trade hadn't happened yet at that stage. Mm. I think that Portland did really well and they could still do well. They could move... Aiton or Time Lord. I don't think they need to keep both of them. So yep. I think when all said and done, 
the Dame trade will yield them a lot of pieces. So I really look forward to hearing that episode next week, mate. But yeah, thank you again. It's just been fantastic. No, well said, Nathan. Look, an absolute pleasure having you again. Um, look, I'm sure Woody and I will love to come back on maybe a future one of those draft episodes. Obviously, once you get you know some some more of those under the belt. But that was really fun doing that. So for people that haven't sort of seen how you guys do it, they start off with 1990, like you said, and you essentially just do a redraft um, based on what you would pick now. So very interesting to see how the picks compare. You know, some of those guys that potential busts, and you know, I think in that last one, Nathan, we had what Sam Cassell. I think was the second or third pick in the draft. Second, right? He was certainly very high up, and we've found that mm. guys like Bruce Bowen, who was undrafted, made yeah, a lot of the undrafted so guys, yeah, a lot changes with the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> of yeah, course, yeah. the benefit of hindsight's I've always good. Spotify playlist, absolutely, yeah. I've got some <laughs> Spotify playlists because we do have a lot of episodes that I guess are a bit more time sensitive, but we have yeah. some some Spotify playlists with the redrafts and the choke specials, um, uh, uh, guests and collaborations, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we anyone that listens, we really appreciate it, and. Uh, yeah, just, just so great to be a part of a really thriving basketball podcast community uh, and, and just, uh, yeah, to meet the, so many of those people at Woody's 40th and to, to see you in person, mate, after we've been chatting for about three years now. <laughs> I, I knew we'd get I'd get on like, like a house on fire. So, yeah, just, just an absolute pleasure. It's been a really, really great week. I uh, really appreciate it, mate. And look, for anyone that's in the Sydney area that wants to come down and say good day, I'll obviously be at the game Sunday afternoon. So, you know, send us a message on, on social media and I'll, I'll come and catch up with you at half time or something like that. But um, until next time, though, Nath, I um, really appreciate having you having us uh, uh, having us on the show again. I can't get my words right. It's a bit late in Sydney this time, so you forgive me now. But um, look, it's been an absolute ball um, having you on the show again. And um, a big peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Peace out. G'day, Woody. Enjoy the cricket, mate. <laughs> Take it easy, Woods. Mm-hmm.